This is Dennis DeYoung. Remember that guy? No, but who cares? You're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast with Patrick. Ah, Patty, my boy. Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself. I can't afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away. A song away. A song away. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And joining me in the Zoom room, this is exciting for me because Dennis was my first ever Zoom interview. Before that, I always had all my guests live and in person, but I decided to take the plunge. Dennis was the first guy, and now he's back with a great new album, 26 East, Volume 2. This is Dennis DeYoung, Take Two. Please welcome Dennis DeYoung. Hello, Dennis. Hey, Pat. I mean, you took the plunge. Does that make me the plunger? I hope not. Oh, that's so silly. Is this a, did you say comedy music? Did you say that? It, the comedy will just come out of our natural conversation. Okay. We, we, we don't try to force it, but if you want to force it, you can force it. Boy, you've come to the right place because I can't be serious about anything anymore. After living through what we've just lived through and a, a reflection upon my own life, I say, ah, this is a divine comedy, this thing called life. Don't don't argue with me. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. And we did we did make it through. We're we're I we're almost are we through or are we almost through? Nobody knows nothing. That's my premise. I've been saying it for like three years. Hey, humans, if you're listening to this or watching, whatever the hell you're doing because you're confused like me, let me just give you some advice, humanity. A little less hubris and a lot more humility. Let's try that for starters, okay? We've discovered remarkably that we are not kings of the universe. Sorry. And the universe, if it decides it's doing something, we're just bystanders. Once in a while, we can put up our hands and shield our face, but... The doggone universe is king. So I'm tired of human beings pretending they know, know things they don't know. And I suggest we all take a step back and say, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Everybody all... gets in trouble. Everybody gets in trouble, Pat, when they start using declarative sentences all the time when they don't know. So that's my advice. All you people clicking off this podcast right now, who cares? Bye. <laughs> We, uh, yeah, we all have to kind of figure it out together. Yeah. And you know, settled science, if I'm not mistaken, the minute the big bang went boom, science was settled. It's just, <laughs> it's just us. We don't know what it is. It's right. not that, it's not that this thing, whatever it is, as big as it is, is going, geez, I wonder what those humans are thinking about what we're doing here. No electrons, neurons, light flashes, things going physics people quantum physics people who should be punched right in the face um if time is a continuum and everything's happening at the same time you and i can throw away our alarm clocks true 
Yeah, I don't care. I, you were late for an interview, Dennis. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Dennis was actually early. How about that? Hey, you want to know why? Because I, I, I missed one yesterday. Oh, no. Yeah. my. Uh, you a baseball fan? Um, n- not, not to the extent that you might be. I enjoyed, okay. I enjoyed going to the game and being amongst the people. Yeah. You're not a fan. You're some kind of jack wagon. Never mind. Uh, it's a, if anybody, Pat, did anybody tell you it's America's pastime? Anyway, I was. do know that. Okay. So yesterday I'm, I'm waiting to do one of these and I thought it was, I'm calling you up. I didn't know it was one of these things. Yeah. So I'm just sitting here and my, one of my best friends in the world is Tony Larusa, who is now managing the White Sox. And yesterday he won his 2,746. I think that's the number, making him the second winningest manager in baseball history. And I'm looking at him. He's talking after the game, and then I go to my, you know, my email and go, "Oh, I was supposed to hit a Zoom." So I hit the Zoom. So check this out now, and. I, I can see myself and I can hear him, but I can't see him. And he's going, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. he's just mumbling because he doesn't think he's being watched by anybody. I think he was farting and belching. It was ridiculous. I couldn't, I couldn't get through. So I, I'm here early because I don't want to do that again. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I always say there's no early. You're either late or you're on time. So you're on time. Okay. All right. So Dennis. This new album, 26 East, Volume 2. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I might like it better than the first one. Is that possible? Annie Lennox said it best. Who am I to disagree? <laughs> yeah, it I, is uh, better. You're right. You're, it is better. And um, you listen, a lot of people watch this thing. Guys like me with had success. Um think they know something making shit up always did always have will continue but this is it no more making up stuff for me um my goal i tell people these two volumes were concept albums and the concept as i told you before was don't suck that's it i don't want to go out having people mumble yeah, I think Miami Beach with a straw and a drink is a good place for this guy. So that's all I was trying to do. So when it came time to do volume two, we wrote a bunch of songs. Me, half of them by myself, the other half with Jim Peterick. And the record company said, we'll make two volumes. I said, they're an Italian company. I said, is there any lira involved? They said they double they're going to double the uh, the guarantee. I said, I'm not a math major, but I think I get that. So we divided it, but I needed four more songs okay. to complete it. So in theory, I thought, okay, I didn't put all the best songs on one. You may have thought so when you listened, because I remember you speaking pretty nicely about it. Yeah. But I held back some of the things that I thought were hotsy totsy. So we could have a balance. And then I had to write four new songs. And then the cootie came along and ruined everybody's life. Everybody. Are, are the four new songs, are those the ones that close it out? Would those be St. Quarantine and Little Did We Know?
Are those two of the newer songs? The last four songs. The last four songs. It's yeah. kind of like a COVID suite in a way. I've <laughs> <laughs> heard that one. Um, okay. Yeah. I, you know what? You were the first one to mention that to me. And now as they, when I went to sequence the album, which is very important. Yeah. Kids, you guys in bands making records sequencing although it means less now because people go i don't like the album i get that song jesus Christ. anyway when i made records and still do it's a listening experience experiences an album not just songs yeah so you just pointed out <laughs> i had a covid suite and i didn't know it yeah you can use that I, going forward i uh, how much it's I, it, my gift to you man this guy's okay <laughs> wait a minute I've never done this, Jeff. Oh, I just got an idea. <laughs> I I have to be honest, Dennis. I'm glad that it was two volumes because a double album, sometimes it's hard to take it all in and it's hard to um, really enmesh yourself and get acquainted with those tunes. Since you've broken it up nicely for us, I was able to enjoy volume one and really get into the experience. And I've been doing that now with volume two. So I mean, a double album seems cool, but for me, I like it separated. I think the White Album cured me. That's it. Yeah. I went, huh. All of this, nine, number nine. Yeah. Pow! Wanted to shoot the turntable. So, yeah, uh, this was supposed to be just one record, not no volumes. It sounds right. pretty. It was their idea. And there was Lyra involved. So, um, I agree with you. It's it's overwhelming. Yes. And my theory has always been better one song too little than one song too many. This is how I've always looked at it. And so we got two volumes. I'm happy. I listened to the second one. You're absolutely right. Two is better than one. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was going to turn out that way. But... um with a year over a year off i didn't have to tour i couldn't tour you you have a chance to have kind of a retrospective of what you're doing that is not linked to a deadline right so you could go no wait a minute really and then you can you could you can do some stuff so yes you're not the only one to say it there's only been one person who has not said what you said. And uh, I, 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 I had him hanged. Go ahead. <clears throat> All right. Uh, since you brought up uh, the Beatles White Album, the album cover is an homage to the Beatles 1964 US release of Meet the Beatles. Very cool. I like it. 
26 East being the boyhood home uh, of my boyhood home, where the, the nucleus of sticks was formed, as we discussed before, in my basement. <clears throat> the whole idea of this volume was where this is where it began. Yeah. This ends. And the first song was going to be on volume one Hello, Goodbye. To show the beginning to the end. Right. Then I had to divide the album up and I got Julian Lennon to sing with me on the first record with um, to the good old days. And I couldn't put two Beatle things right. on just been wrong. So this leads off because <clears throat> had I not seen them on the Ed Sullivan show, I might've had to go to barber college. I don't know what would have become of me. So, uh, I wanted to start, start the album off, off with edit and end it with a grand finale, which to me is the piece de resistance of, of Steve, of Steve, Steve, <laughs> of sticks, Steve, <laughs> Steve sticks, come in here. And, so of sticks is um, greatest achievement. Yeah. Which the grand illusion album. So there you go. Beatles. And the last thing I say, and the grand finale is, and deep inside, we're all the same. And I, that's what I said in 77, pointing out that the differences between us, economically, socially, racially, religiously, every, politically, <clears throat> we're just people. We're just little specks in the universe, screaming through, trying to hold on to our shorts so they don't fly off and burn us. <clears throat> that's all we are. Okay. Get a hold of yourselves, kids, even rock stars, which is why I told the audience in 77, this is a grand illusion. We, the band, the music, it's an illusion. We do it for your entertainment and perhaps edification. Beyond that, kids. Yeah. It, nobody knows nothing. The themes and lyrics in your music, your entire career with sticks and today have always dealt with things more important than just uh, chicks and booze or whatever you, however, whatever you want to boil rock and roll down to. You've always had this, uh, I don't intellectual point of view, but you were able to put it in a three or four minute rock song and not kind of hit us over the head with it, but it was there. And if you listened deeply, you would find it. And I appreciate that. I am the product of the greatest generation. My parents were hardworking, working class people. We thought we called ourselves middle class, but were we? I don't really know. Yeah. Um, they instilled certain values in me and my voice lyrically <clears throat> has always tried to be grounded in that idea that humility, again, is important. And what I've seen in too much rock lyric writing that didn't interest me was for me to sing about what I do for a living, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Unless it has a relationship as a metaphor or something to the greater population. I'm not speaking, you know, if, I don't, is it necessary for me to tell you that I'm in a rock band for great help? <laughs> I think we is know it. it. Yeah, is it necessary? 
necessary for me to tell you about drugs and alcohol. I, I found that, uh, first of all, in drugs, I mean, uh, and I wasn't, wasn't a drinker. I, didn't, I couldn't really write about it because, you know, I yeah. drank and uh, my, my stomach gets upset. It doesn't like alcohol. Well, it's not that I'm some hero, just the way it is. So um, you find some chords behind that instrument, then find some notes that sound good on those chords, <laughs> stick some words on them, tell you, you being all of you, about me, yeah, my view of the world, hoping you'll find yourself in my story. That's all it is. You know, I'm telling you my story. And when you get it right, deep inside, we're all the same. Millions flock to your door. And when you don't get it right, Barber College. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to go back to 1989. I think one of your great lost albums is Boom Child. I think that's a fantastic album. And in keeping with some of the themes we're talking about right now, Harry's Hands is such an exceptional song. I mean, there's always Harry's in the world. We're always going to have them. And I just, I just think that's a fantastic song. And I hope you're, I hope that's one you're proud of. Harry's hands are all he's got. Eight to five in the welding shop. Barely finished junior high. He took a job at the Tulin Dye. And if the weld was double tough, Harry had the knack. He's the kind of guy who'd give his friends the shirt right off his back. Now Harry doesn't care for booze or stock reports in the daily news. He likes baseball on TV. He couldn't understand free agency. See, he never wanted much, just a decent life. Maybe one of the proudest songs in my entire solo career. <clears throat> it, um, it's about my dad, whose name was Maury. Mm -hmm. Maury Hands. No. So uh, a little alliteration. But it's about all the men that I saw go to work in my neighborhood with metal lunch pails. Blue t-shirts or dark green. And took care of their families by working with their hands. Right. It was an, an homage to my dad, but to all the working men. Because what happened with the advancements of technology was that these men, these good men, they had their lives stolen from them. And now what we see as the outcome of all that technology is a political and socio-economic socio class of people in this country who are so scared 
and so fearful and angry <clears throat> about their inability to find pride in their work and to be able to support their families that they have turned to all sorts of things which are just destructive to the fiber of our country. And we see it politically. It's dangerous. Yeah. I don't have an answer what, what, about what you do with technology. I don't. But I've, I said it for a long time, since 1982 with uh, Mr. Roboto, is machines to save our lives, machines to humanize. They do, this, they do both things. And bargains will need to be made with, with, with the human race by these smarty pants who run off because they know how to deal with algorithms. Algorithms, algo. And um, are the victims of unintended consequences, as we all are now. Yeah. So this is what Harry Sands is about. You know, he just, he, he didn't have the dreams I had the big dream, you know, to be some kind of big shot. Uh, and they were fine. You look around, you see that ability has been taken from them. Yeah. It's um, I'm, my, uh, my best friend's brother is in construction. Like he's, he's big time. He's on the site. He knows how to do all the stuff, but he didn't graduate. He didn't go to college. So he always thinks that he's not as good as someone who went to college. And I always tell him, I go, you, you know how to do a thousand more things than I know how to do. And, um, for him to undervalue himself always, uh, always kind of bums me out because, uh, he's, he's fantastic at what he does. Well, you can ask all those college grads in Eng all those college grads in English lit, uh, who are explaining T.S. Eliot to us what that's going to mean when the, when the drain gets plugged. Right. It, exactly. And the toilet doesn't work. So it is always been my philosophy is what a person does for a living is no judgment on who they are as a person. But I did say less hubris, more humility. And the golden rule is the best one. If we get just people to get just get people to follow that rule, yeah, simple. this would be a better planet. I mean, you don't have to argue about are we warming the planet or is socialism better than capitalism? How about just that? You know, just one thing. That's it. I got, I'm going to treat you like I'd like you to treat me, and that, of course, does not count masochists. They don't get to play in this game. And then if someone treats you poorly, though, Dennis, how do you not treat them poorly back? Or do you? Like, how do you? Turning the other cheek is also difficult. I didn't subscribe to turning a cheek. <laughs> um, I don't subscribe to that. Yeah. But among my flaws, one of them that I do not possess is a need for revenge or holding grudges. I just don't have it. I know people very close to me. They're very good at that. Yeah. It's not that I'm, you know, I'm a saint. I just haven't got that one. Okay. Because I'm always looking forward to the next thing. 
right? What what's the you know? Oh, you're wasting your time on on holding that grudge, which is you know why I suggested that um, sticks do one last tour for the fans. I'm not going to hold. You know, people says, why don't you guys bury the head? I don't have a hatchet. You're just I waiting. You're just, I just waiting. I, I don't have that in me because the minute you accept human frailty as a real and constantly present thing, you think, well, have I, have I led the great life where there are, I have no glass house? It's idiotic. Yeah. We're humans that, that um, most of us jack wagons of the first magnitude. That's what we are. Because my theory is, why are hum- you human beings so tragically screwed up? Something we now get to see in real time because of social media yeah. and the connectedness of us all. Marky Mark Zuckerberg came up with this idea to connect, connect everyone. And I thought, Mark, if you met everyone, good grief, why would you... And then Dorsey comes along. I mean, Twitter serves no benefit ever. It's a repository for for anonymous, anonymous, anonymous imbeciles for the most part. That's what I believe. Uh, It's not making a better culture. It's allowing people anonymously to disregard their better angels and say and do anything behind the veil of secrecy. Right. And I say... Let's bring back the fist fight. <laughs> if you come over here, Pat, and you say something that's offensive, you better be prepared. Put up your dukes. I might, I might punch you right in the nose. Because, but if you have no fear of that quick and violent end, right? And I'm not opposed to violence. Be, oh, peace and violence. All freedoms, as far as I can tell, have been achieved at the end of a bayonet or a gun. That's don't discount that, you know, we need that protection from (laughs) from people who have no interest in your best interest, only their own. Wake up. You know, you see it worldwide constantly. And I'm tired of the Russians, aren't you? Screw them. As long as I can remember, I've been born 47. They've been they've been an embarrassment to the world. I'm talking to you, Russia. Next thing I know, I'll be poisoned. But I'm saying, come on. It's gonna hurt the, that's going to hurt the record sales in Russia. I'll see if I can deal with it. <laughs> uh, you know, I just don't want people doing what they're doing by screwing with everything. Do unto others. It's just it. Yeah. That's what I say. Don't. If you don't want that done to you, why would you do it to somebody else? And, and so I have now completely gone off topic i have no idea what i'm, I'm talking i'm gonna get you i'm gonna get us back i'm gonna get us back because there's a song on the album the last guitar hero and that kind of deals with the lyrics kind of deal with technology and how if i'm paraphrasing how instead of uh you know a person uh making the music now technology wants to try to uh create or duplicate what a guy holding the guitar can do Did I get that right? Yeah, superficially. The music plays for free tonight From the corporate parasites Living on the blood of their creators 
But if you look at the verses, they go back and forth between guitarists and yeah. everybody. Guitarists, you know, the metaphor is the guitar hero. There's an idea by Jim Peterick. He said, I got this title, The Last Guitar Hero. And he went down the path like you did with the initial lyrics saying, it's about the music business, you know, it's about rock and roll stars, it's about concerts. And I thought, Jesus, once again, how boring is that? Do you need yeah. to hear about a rock star whining, whining about his, his gig? So I just made it symbolically, the rock right. star who works with his hands, genuine handmade. That's not in there by accident. That's Harry's hands. Yeah. Because a musician does work with his hands. Um, and then I made it about all of us being replaced. Because the last line in the song is, the last guitar hero, what else can you do? The last guitar hero when they come for you. Yeah. I said, Um, they're working hard, you know, it's true to make an app to replace you. Yeah. That's the line. That's it. Yeah. You know? Okay. And okay, Dennis, what are you going to do about it? Mr. Sparty pants. How the hell do I know? I'm 74. You people that are 40 and 50, you figure it out. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the deal here. Um, uh, that, that's that song. And, um, I think there's somebody, isn't the great Houdini? playing on that record are you talking about tom morello from rage against the machine and audio slave the the great houdini yeah uh yeah he um i met him at, at an adam sandler thing four years ago who knows and uh he's a sticks fan and i didn't know that and uh he said he'd seen both the paradise theater tour and kilroy was here he dug mr roboto why not it's fun yeah. Shut up. So, um, <laughs> shut up. So, um, here we go. Tom Morello. Uh, so when it was time to put a guitar player on, I thought, who's the last guitar hero? I know who the first ones were. They're, they're mostly, they're mostly dead. Yeah. Um, so Tom was the last one, I believe, to do something truly unique on a guitar. A lot of guys can play. I think I just saw a, a four-year-old Japanese girl um, do, doing uh, Eddie Van Halen solos, note for note. Unbelievable. How does that happen? Yeah, I know. You know this, <clears throat> but Eddie did it. He created so, it with his hands. Genuine handmade. Yep. So um, there you go. Let me, let me ask on. you this about Tom Solo. Does he send you? Uh, does he send you a bunch of uh, different solos, and you choose one? Or does he just lay down the one and this is it? Uh, my instructions were this. Want to do it? Love the song. Okay. You're, you're Tom Morello. What, what do you need from me? You know, you're going to tell me how to sing? You better not. Right. I didn't say a word. I came and I listened. And I went, yeah, that's, I, I believe I ordered that. I'm <laughs> let me check on you. <laughs> and he delivered. Yeah. Let me have 
one of the great Houdini solos. He put it on there. End of story. I mean, you know, I'd like to say it was more romantic, but if it's right, what am I going to say? You know, the only thing I said was, um, are you sure that's a guitar? No, I didn't say that. Uh, let's go. There's a lot. There's a couple of ballads on here for sure, because we always need to have a great Dennis D. Young ballad. Let's talk about Saving Grace. Flying in the solitude, slowly losing altitude when my engine stalled and I began to fall. Suddenly I couldn't stand. No parachute or landing gear. Gone in the dead of night So I said my prayers And suddenly I saw a light Shining through the clouds above Showing me the kind of love That I'd never known And I wonder how my heart Could ever thank you Uh, your wife is your muse for all of these songs, correct? Any love song, it's Suzanne. Yes. Now, does she get sick of being your muse? Like when you bring her one of these, does she say, I get it, Dennis. I I, I know. You love me. Or is she honored by it every time? Attention, human beings. Would you answer that question for Patrick as if you, we were talking about you? No, I don't think she gets tired of it ever. It's cool. like, you know, you're tired of pizza? Not really. No. Um, so, you know, she, we, we've known each other since we were kids. And she's, she appreciates my talent, but she also washes my underpants. <laughs> you got to get, and there's some balance. I want, I want a song about that. Yes. She loves me. And she cleans my underpants. Look, it's the grand delusion. I'm I'm just her husband and her boyfriend. Yeah. Before I was even uh, a, a, in a rock band. Well, not really. I was in the rock. I was in the band when she met me. They had nothing. She never saw me play until afterwards. But yeah, I she of course she likes. It. I said there's a song called "Made for Each Other." It's the last one I'm writing for you. So shut up, I told her. Don't ask me for any more. Um, and yeah, she says, great. That's about her. Eh. Twas on a night like this With Shakespeare in the park Starring Romeo and Juliet We dreamed upon a Soft midsummer's night when we swore our love in violet. Poets tried for centuries to define the meaning of. But we could solve this mystery if we told it about our love. Cause you and I, we were made for each other. Like complicity, the perfect. 
you know, we found love. And there are a lot of people, not a lot of people, there's there's a a group of people who are rock fans who can't stand romantic love ballads. It's a fact. And I I, I appreciate that. I appreciate it, but I don't understand it. I was just listening to Queen's first album, okay? Half an hour, because people always go, oh, cool, Sticks is like Queen. No, Queen's like Sticks. We were first. Our album was out. The first album was a year before theirs. They never heard us. We never heard them until 1975. Yeah. No, I didn't know who they were. But when I listen, they say, keep your love alive. Keep your love alive. All right. Then the second song is a, is a ballad. Yeah. And I think to myself, yeah, music. Well, that's music. Good that's songs. What, that's what's great about uh, That's one of the things I love about Queen is they'll do like a hard rock song and then then they'll do a waltz. I mean, it's 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 all over the map. How about sticks? The same. And I, I like a ballad because it mixes the it, it gives me some texture on that album. If you only like one thing, you've got ACDC. Don't come to my door because right. I'm not fans. I appreciate you and I love you. And you've made me a wealthy and successful man. I don't care. I'm not making these records for you specifically. All of us who make music, I don't care who you talk to. We start out with one person to please. Ourselves. I thought you were going to say Jim Peterick. I don't even like him. You know, he has purple hair. What's that I all know. about? I live in, he lives three blocks from me. Did you know that? He lives uh, three blocks. You, you told me he lived close, so. Yeah, and I have, I'm in a gated community specifically to keep him out. No, I love Jim. But look, I, I don't try to, neither of us were trying to please. When we did, did this project, we were not interested in pleasing each other. We were interested in the thing. It's the thing, as David Mamet would say. The thing, man. It's not about you and me, Jimmy. It's not about listening to people say, Dennis, what's your favorite song? I don't have one. Stop asking me. My favorite song is your favorite song of mine. You want to know why? I may have thought them up and made the record, but after it got out of my hands into your ears, it doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to you. It's what it means to you. Really, that's the fact. So if, if, if I write a song that I think is poo-poo and millions love it, I'm going to argue with them? I'm not because I'm just, I'm just doing stuff. Right. You'll figure it out. And I don't have a favorite song. I have some I don't like <laughs> that I've done. That's different. Would you want to share what, what one of those would be? Every, I have. And every time I do, someone says, I love that song. So oh, okay. I'm, that makes I'm, sense. Uh, that makes because sense. All I'm doing is I'm, I'm insulting a fan. You're right. Uh, You're really, I, for a long time, I said, I hate this. Never, never about uh, any, anybody else's songs and sticks. Yeah. Only my own personal you know, failures that I yeah. view it. You jack wagon. Why? You know. <clears throat> Plus, if you say you didn't like, you don't like, X this one song and then someone meets you and they say that was our wedding song then you feel like crap we played it at my father's funeral right. <laughs> no, you don't think I see that constantly yeah I'm sure you do 
especially with Come Sail Away. I look at it and I go, how did that happen? When I was writing it, I was just trying to kick Queen's ass. Um, I want to ask one more question about Harry's hands real quick. Was your father still with us when that song was released? Yes. And did, how did he like the song? Did he, did he get that it was about him and everything? Dedicated. Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, yes. You know, he was, um, he was the loving one um, with low ambition, but a big heart and happy. Yeah happy when he got to the end of his life he said i'm so much I, 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 things went so much better for me than i thought they would who says that not you pat you're sitting <laughs> how come how come i didn't how come i mean jesus that's me i'm going why didn't the, how come shoulda and he says yeah i got i got so much more out of life that's great thanks dad thanks dad i didn't get that gene Mom was the taskmaster. You know, she was. And they're, they're good for children. They make them work harder. Yeah. To, to, to get love they can't seem to get. That's why you're sitting there. Mommy, daddy, please love me. You didn't love me enough. Yeah, give me your approval. I don't care which one it was. It was one of them. <laughs> My parents don't even know what this show is. I've been doing it for 11 years. They've, they've never listened. They don't even know how to get it. They don't have a computer. They don't have a smartphone. They're probably better off. Pat, they're not alone. Right. Uh, let me ask you this. I know you you say that this is the last Dennis DeYoung music or album, but what if in three years, Jim Peterick, he crawls the fence, he gets in your yard, he comes to the door, he's got five songs that he that he has, and only you can sing them. You're the only guy he feels comfortable singing these. Do you say no? I'll have them shot on site. Release the dogs. Now, look, I'm 74. Every note that you heard on the last two albums, do you see behind me? This is my studio. Yeah. I sit in here and mix that stuff by myself because I'm the only one that I know of that knows how to make a sticks sounding record. Yeah. Because that was my job. When I give stuff to other people, it can sound good. But I know what the people want from me at this point, and I want to give it to them. So I'm bound to do that. Jim Peter doesn't do that. Right. Most people don't. <clears throat> it's not that I'm a control freak. Swear to God, I hate mixing. I hate it. It's just a recipe for disappointment. Because people will tell you who do it. You run, here's what You know when you're done with the record, you've run out of time, you've run out of money. 
That's when the mix is done. Yeah. So whatever vision you have for the song and the way it should sound, it's in your head. And then you have to do your best to get it out of your head. And mixing has always been 20 pounds of shit in a two pound bag. That's all it is. Now, I'm, I talk to, I see all these, these engineers talking in high, high fluent terms. No, no. It's just, he had too many ideas. And now how do we get any of them heard? That's all it is. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. Nobody gives a crap. No, and nobody's a wrong word. Um, my fans are older. There's some new younger ones, but I mean, seriously, it's old people. And they want the music of their, their youth. Right. I blame them. Because they tie some of the things that Sticks and I did to unforgettable moments in their youth. This is what all rock music really is. Right. Right now, Billie Eilish, she's got a whole generation of girls that say, green hair? Okay. See what I'm saying? They're just, they're look, people are looking for direction. This is what politics is. This is what religion is. Biker gangs. To me, they're all, they all come in the same bag. It's looking for a dogma, an ideology that I can call my own because I don't know enough. And is there a God? Is there not a God? Everyone's searching for the same thing. Why? Answer that question. Why? Why are we here? That's it, dude. Yeah. That's, it. Well, that's the question. And so you'll join these. Nah, I'm going to the Rotary Club. The Elks. I don't care what if you want to join. Whatever it is. To feel like you belong in the hope that something higher will occur where you'll find enlightenment. Good luck. Let me ask you about, because you brought up uh, being 74 years old. You seem like you're so full of life. Um, I've seen you solo uh, on stage. Uh, I've talked to you now twice like this. Is this is this how you are when you're on? And then when you turn off the iPad, do you collapse into a chair? Or are you always this vibrant? I like baseball on TV. I couldn't understand free agency. That's a line <laughs> from about my dad. Yeah. And Harry's hands. But I like TV. I like baseball on TV with pizza. Right. I don't I don't have to be this guy all the time. Yeah. Um, the private me is identical to the public me. Only this one is a little bit more glamorous when he can be. And um, but no, what you see is what you get. You do these things all the time, don't you? Yeah, didn't but you, I did I you interview to... John Anderson? Yes, I did. I um I, hey, wait a minute. I'm, okay. I'm gonna take we're, we're working on a song together. Wow. And I just talked to him yesterday on video chat. The thing is, if you talk to me, I don't have any pretense. Now, people said Sticks Music had a lot of pretense. Okay, fine. But the people didn't that made it, they didn't. They were down to earth goofballs. Right. Which is what I consider myself. So I am essentially the same guy. Good. I'm a lot quieter because m my wife would call 911. 
<laughs> if I was doing this all the time. Yeah. I uh, I saw Don Rickles once in, in concert and then, and he was so full of life on stage. And then I met him behind the venue after the show and it was like a completely different person. He, his posture was different. Everything was different. And so that's why, that's why I asked that question, even though you're not if as old as Don. Name, I did a gig with Don. It was a big corporate, but a lot of people spend like tons of money. Yeah. With my band and Don came out and did his thing. Afterwards, I got to be at him, sit and talk to him. And I'd seen him before. And I know that shtick that he did. Um, and that's the grand delusion. Okay. Yeah. Good call. That's it. You know, we're, we're doing this for you guys. Give us some dough. We're capitalists. Line our pockets. A little but adrenaline and a little dough. And that gets you up. We No, we do it because, like I said, we're trying to please someone who cannot be pleased. Initially, it's not about money. It's about um, being approved of. Feeling people think, okay, that guy's special. That's what it's about. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, buy him too. Um, you said you're saving grace. That's yes. my favorite. My, my, that's my favorite song on the album. It is because when I play it for myself, if I haven't heard it for a while, and I, you know, and I go, oh, uh oh, it gets me. Yeah. It, they don't all do that to you, but that one. Ooh. So that's my favorite. The Beatles song, I Love Missing Throat. Those are my three top ones. And there's a video for Isle of Misanthrope that you can watch on YouTube. And there's a, a bunch of sticks Easter eggs in there if you can find them. Well, I I don't you probably don't know this because you do have a life, but I have done a um I have done a video on my YouTube channel calling the making of misanthrope. Something oh. like <laughs> you must watch it because I, I know you you didn't call you didn't come have me on the second time because you don't like me. Right. Why it is hysteric. You'll laugh your ass off because I take the height of pretense, which, of course, is what the video is, although it has deep meanings. And then I make fun of it. And that's, nice. the, that's my deal. That's the These best thing the I'm talking about in this. But don't think I'm serious. I'm yeah. just, an, you know, I'm just an, another mook. You shine a light on it. Yeah. Musically. When I was doing stand up comedy. If I was not having a good set, I would then start to make fun of myself because everyone in the room knows that you're not doing well. So why pretend like it's not happening? That's a mechanism. And I yeah. feel sorry for you because I have it. What we do, you're a comedian first, you deflect true emotion through comedy. 
yeah. protect yourself. It's a wall that we build to protect ourselves. I do it. And I admit it. I don't care. But don't in the care. in the um, in the end, it's entertainment. Yeah. And, you know. I take what I do very seriously and people have said, but not yourself. And it's a fine line there between admitting or that you really do take yourself seriously, but we all, we are all parts of uh, hubris and insecurity. And we always, we fight those, those are struggles. We want to believe we're better than we are. And we, many of us strive to try to do that, but we're always insecure. Who did I just, just a thing about mental health and insecurity was a big, a big star. It was just on the ample feet and went, oh, yeah. And then if you dig down, oh, it was, um, doggone it. It'll come to me. But sure, you see these people up there on the stage waving their arms, so you look at them. Yeah. Hey, look at um, There's a lot of insecurity there. So, once again, this guy's he's redundant. When you think about the Grand Illusion, what I was saying, that's what I'm saying. You know, um, if you see people trying hard to get your attention, you go... I'm suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm suspicious. Well, and I said, be suspicious. For God's sakes, you people, anyone who gloms onto any belief system, any blindly to belong to something, I say, they have Google. Yeah, check it out. Take a look. Yeah. Before you jump, you know, there. Uh, my mother used to say, "Look and see if there's water in the pool first. <laughs> uh, how, how hard is that? Right. Well, I do want to tell people when you go see uh, when you go see Dennis DeYoung in concert, it's a show because when you guys are playing the songs, it's at the highest level, and then between the songs, we get the Dennis that we're seeing today. We get the uh, the fun, jokey uh, Dennis DeYoung. But when, but when you're playing the songs, it's, uh, it's serious. If I can say that. Yeah. Uh, I remember what Elvis said. Elvis used to say, thank you very much. He used to say um, he wanted to be Dean Martin. I think I do too. Dean was a great singer. Yeah. But when you talk to him, you know, same thing. Um, there are, there's a portion of particularly, particularly with prog people, they don't have a sense of humor. A lot of them. No. You know, and it's annoying to me. I mean, I don't, I, it, it, you know, they, they don't like what I do on some people say, oh, why can't he just be whatever my vision, my expectation of a rock star is. And I think. The only people I ever know who were truly ki cool kids are either dead or in jail now. Face it, rock stars, the vast majority of them are just posers, you know, intent on pretending to be something they're not. A lot of these, a lot of these guys spend a lot of time in their, and gals, 
spend a lot of time in their bedrooms and basement, you know, and they're trying to develop a skill. So it's caveat emptor to, for me on all of these things. Yeah. Careful who you follow. That's it. Do your research. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Let's talk about um, on the album cover, on the front cover, the last song is listed as GIF. And we talked about it. It's actually, that stands for Grand Illusion Finale. Do you want to talk about the drummer on this song? Is he important? Gene Krupa. We I resurrected think, him. <laughs> I don't think it's Gene Krupa. That's not Isn't. my notes. I got a, I got this young kid with the same last name as you. My son, Matthew, who was my, you know, you see the stick shows, all the lights and everything. That's him. That's what he does for me. Cool. For the years. He's also a drummer. And I wanted my son to play the last song that I'm going to have on a recorded album. And he played Island Misanthrope. And then I came up with the, the segue into GIF. And when you see GIF, we all know what a GIF is. Right. It's just me being, as Fun. John, they just be fooling around with words, having, having a laugh. Ah, GIF, the Grand Illusion. You know, it's. So he played the grand finale and Misanthrope. And he, he, he used John Panazzo's ride symbol that was given to him. Uh, John and, and Matt, Matt was on the road with us when, in the early days, and uh, John didn't have kids at the time. And he loved Matthew. So it was, you know, Matt plays drums because of John. Nice. So I thought, is there a nicer tribute to the thing itself than that? And I don't think there is. And um, I'm happy he did it. We got through, you know, father and son. You imagine this. You know, you've got kids. I do. I have two. You want to you want to work with them on something creative? That's just, you're looking for trouble. They have opinions. Shut up. I'm the boss. See, that's the thing. Anyway. Well, yeah, I, I read in the, when I read in the uh, liner notes that uh, he used John's ride symbol. And I don't even know what a ride symbol is. What is that? Ding, 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 ding. It's the one that does this. Hi-hats are the ones that open close. Right. Crash symbols go ride symbols you go ding 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 they that's what they that's a ride symbol all right cool cool well i'll listen closely for that when i listen to gift the next time 
don't you dare listen to me sing. That's the important. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Paradise Theater because uh, a lot of people were getting back into vinyl. And in 1981, when Paradise Theater album came out, you guys did something really cool. Side two had a laser etching on it. I don't remember anyone doing that back in the day. I don't, they don't even do it now. They, they do some cool things with vinyl, but who, whose idea was that? Jeff Aroff. Are you still alive, Jeff? He was the head of um, <clears throat> that particular department at AM Records. Okay. Great. Although they missed Equinox completely, and I'll never forgive them completely. Anyway, um, yeah, it was that was him? It wasn't us? We went. What do you think it is? Him and Jeff Beeson. See, my mind doesn't completely go on. No, you, you, you're good. So, um, yeah, we went. Hey, that's cool. I mean, what are we? We're making the music, and he said, "I want to do this." We said, "Okay." So what they did was they didn't put a label on site two. It was labelless. It's black. And all the songs I think are on, on side one. Huh? Yeah. We did. Um, it's a piece of art. And people, uh, whether or not you think the music we make is art, I don't even know what that means. What is art? Who knows? I mean, that is to me a piece of art. And I don't know. I think I have a copy still. What you doing tonight? I just got a copy on eBay about two months ago and a bunch of my friends now who are back into vinyl, we're all, they're all trying to find one of those original copies. So, uh, very sweet. How old are your friends that want to do that? Uh, they're, you know, they're 45 to, to 60. Yeah. Okay. But you know, we're, we're <clears throat> the people. Um, here's my other question about paradise theater, because, you know, I got the album in the mail and I'm looking at it, you know, I'm so, I'm, it's, I'm like a kid again. And I noticed that the word theater is spelled both Our, ways all yeah. over the place. What was the thought process behind that? What does modern mean? I don't know. You're wondering who I am. Secret, secret, I got a secret. Machine or Yeah, you're the modern man. Playing with words. And people go, what does it mean by that? You see, but if I just said modern, no one would have ever thought a thing of it, and it would have been ignored and forgotten. Right. But the Lenin who said that, just playing with words, man. And uh, that's it. You know, right. having fun. Uh, let's, let's do that. And then people go, you're an idiot. No, he's a genius. He's an idiot. He's a, 
IDC, Patty. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Why should I? Argue all you want. I'm just having, you know, I just, wouldn't that be interesting to do that? Same thing with theater. R-E-E-R. Guess what? It's still a building, but a bunch of seats in it that things go on and it doesn't right. really matter. doesn't matter how you spell it. I was just curious as to, but if it's just to have fun, then it certainly is fun. Here, uh, Shakespeare said it best. A rose by any other name still smells like a funeral to me. I got to be honest. So. Uh, the song Boom Child, the title yeah. track, you get us a, we get a little history lesson in that song. And this predates We Didn't Start the Fire. Well, Billy Joel, he's made a he's made a living off my back. That no good for nothing rat. <laughs> no, listen. Um, I guess it does, but look at I'll trade Billy tomorrow, even up. I'll you can have that song. Give me yours. What am I <laughs> stupid? You know, um, Billy Joel. No one's going. Billy Joel, Dennis DeYoung. I don't think so. So he wins. All right. Um, We'll put it, put it, put another check in his column. Yeah, Zeke needs one, the rat bastard. Let's close it out, Dennis. The album 26 East, volume two. It's your sixth solo studio album of rock songs. You have other albums, but of rock songs, you have you have six to my count, and it's a great one. Uh, comes out June 11th. Get it everywhere. Uh, I'm just gonna add this. I know it's not a competition, I'm not trying to make it a competition. But I've heard the new Sticks album, and I've heard your album, and the Sticks album is good, but your album is great. Who am I to disagree? <laughs> I travel the world and the seven seas. Everybody, <laughs> you know, I'll. Uh, we you don't have to say anything. If, imagine nope. if, yeah, what you said it, and okay. listen. Um, I appreciate that. And I should have been in the band for the last 22 years. It was a terrible mistake that was made, my opinion. And Sticks fans were robbed with the value of Mo, Larry, and Curly and Shemp being in the same room, yeah, coming up with something remarkable. Right. And on that note, I'd say to all my fans out there, and the people who don't like me, I'll say the same same thing. Thanks for taking the time to pay attention to me. I, you know, you you, you you made my dream come true. I hope you've enjoyed the music. And and if you haven't, 
I, I was just told that Ariana, Ariana Grande is available. So listen to something else. Make yourself happy. Dennis, you do not disappoint. Uh, again, when, when live shows come back, if you make it to LA, I hope I get to say hello in person. Uh, continued success with this album and, and this uh, song you're writing with John Anderson. Anything you do, because we love you and, uh, and we appreciate the music. And it'll live forever. And I hope uh, I hope Dennis DeYoung lives forever. So thank Thanks. you. Now, Dennis, what playout song from the new album do you want me to use to play out the episode? That's your choice. I, if you were asking me what I would do, yeah. Well, it depends if you're going to play anything else from the album. Well, as we as um, we talk about the album throughout this episode, I'll be dropping little clips in. Yeah. Well, I guess misanthropin of the grand finale doesn't suck, although it's really long. It's eight minutes. Um, I mean, if you want to go for a short one, see, hello, goodbye would be to me, because at the very end, I go, goodbye. Let's do that. But uh, it's not as, you know, all the sticks fans are going to, that's not sticks. Of course it isn't. It's dead. It's me, it's me being in the Beatle. Perfect. He never called. <laughs> all right, everybody, go to DennisDeYoung.com. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash Dennis D. Young official. Go buy this album on June 11th. You can follow us here at Rock Solid Show and go to rocksolidpodcast.com. Again, thank you so much, Dennis. And everybody, please enjoy. Hello, goodbye. Thanks, Patrick.
Hello, hello. Have we done this before? I'm 74. How do I, I can't remember yesterday. I'll tell you what, we did this about a year ago to the date. I thought you looked unfamiliar. And um, we have come a long way because at that time, you just held your iPad in your lap. And now I get to see all your uh, awards behind you. No, sorry, Pat. That's uh, that's a green screen of, of Sting's bathroom. I bet it would be. I, I believe you. I don't know. Now, I, as soon as we started talking, I remember you completely. I was sitting on my sitting on my uh, family room couch and it was a very dark thing. And I was just talking. It's one of the first ones I did, too. Yeah. And, um, you talked about um, the Greek theater. Yes. So, Pat, thanks a bunch. I'm glad you like it. It's I do better. love it. I, I, if, I, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't say I did. I would just skirt around you, it. But I yeah, love you, it. I know how you guys are. Yeah. So what do you think about this? Do you think it should, you'd ask me questions? Right, right, right. Or I think David Letterman used to say, well, I've not yet seen the film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not declaring myself here for fear of incrimination. Thanks, right. buddy. But it's a nice one-two punch, and uh, the fans do appreciate it, and it's great. So thank you, right. and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.